0: Jesus is not coming to see sinners. He's coming to see righteous people. By faith we'll be made righteous. But our righteousness, God expects fruit of it. We are trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. Our works must... Now, we're dealing with the doctrine of righteousness. And we said that the doctrine of righteousness are the precepts the instructions, principles of faith contained in the Bible for teaching and for giving guidance on the righteousness of faith to those who believe, to those who believe or will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That says that you have to be in Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ for this doctrine to matter to you. If not, it's, it might just be anything else. Hallelujah to you. It is a doctrine for the New Testament believer or the New Covenant believer. Amen? Hallelujah. It's not a doctrine for the unbeliever. If you're not born again, I wasn't talking to you. Um, If it helps you to get saved, beautiful. But I'm talking to the believer. Amen? Amen? And we said that the doctrine of righteousness has three parts to it. And we grow in our understanding of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Amen. In, in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes or believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. So according to the degree of one's faith, one's understanding of righteousness uh, increases. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, it's, it's important to understand the reason why sometimes we are uh, interjected with certain things, because some people um, have a way of hearing things. Depending on what is deposited in a person's heart, what the person hears is, you know, uh, affected or colored by it. Praise the Lord Jesus. So in our day, we try to spell out the thing the way it is. We say, and we add the austere clauses, if there be any, to whatever we're doing or whatever qualifies what we have said. Amen? Um, we notice that the apostles in the Bible who set forth the doctrine under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as the Lord revealed it to them, all right, put these this clauses there that people don't run off the, their guard and begin to just Live contrary to the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we talked about these three parts and we said that the first of it is the gift of that righteousness is given to us as a free gift. Amen. It is given to us as a free gift. Hallelujah. We also talked about the fact that it is our nature now. And so we bear fruit of righteousness. Righteousness. There, is, there are the fruits of righteousness, of this righteousness that we have. And then there is the effect of the righteousness. Glory be to God. In Second Corinthians and in Chapter Nine, the Bible said that God um, increases the fruit of our righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. It said it's written, He that had dispersed abroad and had he had given to the poor, his righteousness remained for. Ever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seeds sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Hallelujah. All right? He, he gives birth to more things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay? He gives, he increases the fruit Of your righteousness. Hallelujah. So there is a fruit of righteousness. The works of righteousness, the deeds of righteousness. The free gift of righteousness gave us, presented legal ground for God to give us the nature of righteousness. That free gift, He made it in nature. So He expects that that nature is going to be allowed to manifest upon the earth. John chapter 14. Jesus talking about himself and talking about the believer. Praise the Lord Jesus. The reason I'm saying this is that a lot have been said without looking at the scriptures or the kingdom of God circumspectly. People say some things that we need to stop saying. Because God never commanded it. You will not hear any apostle in the word of God say something like this. Uh, Jesus paid for the sins that we have committed in time past, that we commit, committed that we that you just committed, or we just committed, and the sins we're going to commit in the future. It may be implied, but it does not. That's not that's not spiritual language or communication. It's it's an ungodly statement. I'm not saying it may not appear so or be so. It means that we're not supposed to sin deliberately. We're not supposed to make it look as if it's a right to sin. Now, I'm not saying that to mean if somebody does something wrong, there is no forgiveness. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't talk like that. That's not, I've never heard Jesus say go and sin no more. And even if you commit another sin, everything will be cool. We're here. He doesn't talk like that. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, uh, John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Now, those things that brethren were speaking on the pulpit were being said to be able to help people. But for some, it drove them more into darkness. Let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus was talking. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. This is spiritual language. He said, from now on, You know him and you have seen him. That's heavy. Jesus is saying, I'm the father. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father. It sufficed us. Jesus said uh, said unto him, "Have have I been so long with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the father. And how sayest thou then, show us the father? Believers, thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. I was going somewhere. On the line this word works, on the line it, praise God, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. On the line this also works sake. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. On the line, works here also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my father. Now, the second, this last works, greater works here, the word works there is in italics, which means that the translators put it there to facilitate understanding. It was not in the original text. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, let's go to the book of um, James, verse 14. What do any profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith, but he had not works? Underline the works, the word works there. Hallelujah. Can faith save him? If a man or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding. Ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What would it profit? Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. Yet a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Underline this word again, works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God that doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But without no o vain man, that faith without works is dead. Underline works here also. Because I'm going to put it together in a minute. That you may understand something. Because if we don't understand it, we are just clapping hands. Jesus did it all. Yes, he did. But there is an understanding you ought to have as to how the children of God from the foundation of the world up to where we are have conducted themselves. And that we may conduct ourselves properly in these last days. Amen? Hallelujah. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? On the line works here again. When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Seeing thou how faith wrought with his works. Amen. On the line works there again. And by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Well, what is he talking about? It is the work. This word works that we have seen here is the same Greek word, egon The, the complete word study dictionary says that Egon is what is is just like uh, Strong's. This dictionary is, you know, basically Strong's, I think. All right? Means to walk. It means performance. It means the result or object of a, or employment. Making or working. What you do. What you do. What you do. On Sunday, we said there's no such thing as a Christian that is a thief. All right? Why? why that kind of categorical statement can mean that somebody who, who got saved, all right, who under some whatever it was, we don't know what happened to him, he went to go and steal. That means his salvation is over. I didn't say so. I want you to understand where we're coming from. It is not of God. The stealing is not part of the righteousness deal. That's what we're saying. That is not of God. There is not, God is not expecting to come and see some things with the believer. That's what we're saying. Jesus won't show up and be expected to see us with some things. A lying Christian. A stealing Christian. A Christian beating up his wife. A Christian murderer. Jesus is not coming to see any of that. That's not what he's coming for. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man boast. Not of works. It did not originate from your works. That's what he's saying. It doesn't mean not without works. No. He's saying it did not originate, without, it did not originate from your works. He's talking about the origin of that righteousness, of that salvation. It was not with your works. You did something, but it's not the works of the law. Neither is it a walk as that you were perfect before you received it. But you see, if the apostle stopped there, it would, be, it would be great, which means I've received salvation and that's it. I'm saved. So I can walk out of here, rob a bank, because it's not of works. Whether it's good works or bad works, it's not of works. God doesn't talk like that. Man talks like that, but that's not God. God will not say anything that would imply that ungodliness is right. We need to change our vocabulary. It's important. Because these things, have, we have been saying it for so long that it's deceiving and being deceived. Now, the intention was not to deceive. The intention was to help. But when we keep saying it, we'll begin to excuse some things for ourselves. All right, let's keep reading. Not of works. Lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. This word works here is also egon. It is, is e, that's E-R-G-O-N. All right? It's egon. All right? It means Performance, work, result, or object of employment, doing the divine assignment. It includes healing the sick, preaching the gospel, the works of God. And when Jesus said, "By Father, we do it in me," He doeth the works. All right, it means that He's the one who's passing through Him to perform. That's grace. Jesus is not coming to see sinners. He's coming to see righteous people. By faith we'll be made righteous. But our righteousness, God expects fruit of it. We are trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Our works must glorify God. The things we do, our object of employment. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men. That they may behold your good works. And give glory to your father that is in heaven. You should be able to walk so honestly. And somebody will say, wow, that's a Christian. The way you treat your, your, your wife or you know, your husband should be so good. Somebody will say, that's a Christian. I know there's another thing about the unconditionality of God's love. That makes it such that, oh, you're just supposed to. Allow people to do whatever they want around you without you correcting them? That's not love. At least it's not the love of God. It might be some love somewhere, but it ain't the love of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. The love of God does not allow us to do evil. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can kill as many people as you like. God still loves you we shouldn't say it as a minister. We shouldn't say it in the first instance. Because God never commanded it. Because it's not of him. He never entered his mind. And believers should stop talking like that. Because that's how the unbelievers gained the boldness to start forming gay bishops and gay pastors and say that God loves them the way they are. Because we created this unconditional love. There is no scripture in the Bible that says God loves you unconditionally, though He does, because He is love. It's implied for the initiated to to be able to have comfort in God. Jesus said, I do my Father's will, and so I abide in his love. It means that that love is a location. Hallelujah. It's a location. When we do that which pleases God, we abide in his love. When we do what does not please him, we are not abiding in his love, though his love is available for us. I give us an illustration. If your child is doing something, maybe running with the gangs, he's a gangbanger and all of that. You love the child, but you don't love what he's doing. You, you don't come up and start saying, I, I just love him unconditionally. He should not come up. Son, you have to change direction. That's not the way to go. I don't like what you're doing. That's not the time to start talking. The Bible says every child that God gets, God chastises. He scourges every son. We need to cut it out. Start cutting out these things. They are not of God. God does not want to come and start seeing these things. No. And unbelievers, sometimes unbelievers know that we are doing these things. 1 John chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not. Because it knew him not. Behold, now are we the sons of God. We are the sons of God. By faith we know we are the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. So there's a mindset he wants us to have. A mindset of going about trying to make ourselves better, presentable to the king. Not to continue insane sin and wrongdoing and riotous living like the prodigal son. That's not God's idea. That's not the fruit of righteousness that God talks about.